This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hey everybody, welcome to Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal, and I'm joined today by Chris Arendt from uh, Newsarama, and uh, why don't you tell them, your, your, your experience in the comic book reporting world uh has been storied and uh, you've you've done a lot of work uh and it's like every time i read about anything uh when it comes to comics i see or if i if i bother to check i usually see your name attached to it in some way like you're usually you're you're pretty on top of everything and and you're uh and, and you're often like uh giving a kind of like balanced uh, opinion or, uh, or or report of goings-on in the comic book world. Thank you for that. Yes, I've, I've been writing about comics since 2003. I've been editor at Newsarama since 2015. I've also a freelance on the side here and there for like everybody from CBR to Publishers Weekly. I judged the Eisners uh, last year, and that was a, a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I try to... Uh, see what's going on in comics in the industry and I'm really invested in the people of comics I think that's like the lifeblood of comics so uh, approaching it from that perspective and trying to branching out from there with what I'm I'm able to like and also uh, lifting up the voices of other people that are talking about that um, is kind of what I try to try to do with my little small piece of comics that's a very uh noble i think is the fair term to say because i noticed that um you know when it comes to reporting when it comes to talking about any kind of media whether it's comics movies music um you know tv uh, usually the reporting side is about either telling you like either it's a press release or it's some kind of like clickable is this happening or is it you know some outrageous thing that you know you can't prove occurring right now please click and then we'll maybe get a click and then we can continue um your your reports are normally like facts which i do appreciate and which I, i i value and which is important and rare in today's world um what uh what what would you say in your opinion keep like, kind of keeps you there and kind of gets you kind of going like I got to report on that and I, I I try to kind of avoid you know the uh, the rest of it like what why do you why do you why do you prioritize that I'm fortunate to have a really good team uh, with me I've got uh, my editor in chief Mike Duran found the news of Rama and also our uh, main uh, writer uh, George uh, Marston we can kind of uh, balance that out. Like we do uh, cover things going on in the comics, like uh, whatever's going on in the latest issue of Batman or X-Men is also something we cover. But we also, um, I found there to be an opening in basically the reporting about comics as an industry and a place that people work and place that people congregate and are fans and are people. So uh, I try to balance that out. Like, like even if the clicks aren't there for it, I try to balance that out and like find a way to do a story that may get the clicks that pays for the writers that I have working with us to get paid what they're worth or, or close to it, while also delivering news that may not get the most hits, but it's kind of a trade-off. That's 
it's it's an odd bit of balance and uh, triage that we constantly go through that I uh, try to get what's important out there to people that work in the industry and people that are interested in the the like industry and also just the people that are interested in the comic books and want to know what's in the new issue of X-Men. It's interesting because I've noticed that uh, in my experience, which is in no way comics journalism, like it's in no way what, what we get, what we do. We're, we're a comic book themed YouTube channel. Um, I've heard it's described as like a fandom channel. We, we kind of celebrate the fandom and talk about the stories and the characters and analysis about that. Uh, we don't talk about like the, the too much about the goings on within the industry or try to like scoop or, or let people know like what's happening um, right away or when it first happens. Um, but I noticed that uh, even in our limited capacity, there seems to be almost like two worlds in the comic book reading uh, universe uh, there's one world that cares a lot about like the nitty-gritty or at the very least like about the creators the the industry the publishers like what they're doing why they're doing it and then there's the other half that's like I'm only really interested in what spider-man is up to this week and even then like it's only a very small like it's my sphere it's like the people or the characters that I'm interested in in the universe that I'm interested in don't like don't even talk to me about like who writes it, what it's all about, how it gets made. I just want to read the stories. Um, do you find that there is a separation or do you see a separation in your uh, line of work? First, uh, let me say that I do think that uh, your a YouTube show is comics journalism. It's just, we have a very broad world and yes, I do news and reporting and we do some reviews and things like that, but also even co the commentary, which is what, uh, you do as part of comics journalism. So don't feel like you're out on your own. You're, you're a part of a much bigger thing here. Thank and you. that's the point of, of what you were saying about how people come to comics for different reasons. And that's perfectly acceptable and encouraged. And that's what makes comics so multifaceted. Um, I have a friend who's just a fan of a certain character and they only engage in comics when it's about that character. And that's perfectly fine. Then I have uh, some other people that either work in the in like industry or uh, work on the periphery of, of that that are interested in it for a variety of different of reasons. And it's kind of like the uh, multiverse of DC and, like, and even, I guess, in some cases, the dark uh, multiverse that Scott Snyder um, introduced, that there's all these different ways that people can enjoy comics. And that's all perfectly acceptable and encouraged. And if we didn't have all these people coming in from different ways, like I think the comics industry and the comics fandom would suffer from not having this many opinions and this many voices and this many eyes on the product. Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. I also feel like if there were – it's like it, it's like um, when you were a fan of movies as a kid. Uh, for me in particular, when I was a fan of movies as a kid, I liked the movie. And then later on, I got like in-depth into it. Like I wanted to know more about the movie that I enjoyed. So then I got into like audio commentaries and I got into like learning directors and getting into that. And I became like a meta watcher where I'm like, oh, like I see like how they mm -hmm. had a crane shot here. I saw like how they changed the scene or I remember a deleted scene that makes it that informs the whole thing. So you're meta watching the movie as you're watching it. I think if like the industry was only populated by film students, movies would not be 
the way they are today and i think the same things with comics like if if there was one homogenized audience of people who only liked their own spheres or who only knew all the facets of the industry uh you know you'd have a very different i think a a, a unremarkable world because it's like no it's it is about the diversity like you said it is about like the 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 ideas that are being put forth from so many from a spectrum of people um from your perspective what brought you in like what made you go from like were you a comic fan and then went into the the reporting side or uh or was it something else oh i was definitely a comics fan i i I got in the comics through well i got into comic book heroes through a little superman book when i was a kid in the early 80s it's not even comics i think it uh, adapted some Kurt Swan um, artwork into a little prose novel for kids. Um, as for comics itself, I, I got into it through G.I. Joe and Transformers, the old Marvel license titles. And yeah. through there, I've, I got a copy of an X-Men annual by Claremont and Davis, and that really jumped me. Um, X-Men annual 12 with Horde, uh, where Wolverine gets drunk, and um, <laughs> that really got me into that. Um, there was a period where I took a break from comics in the 90s where I got into music, uh, but I came back in the late 90s and then uh, segued into comics journalism just from reading everything going on in the internet and seeing all these. Like, I read A Wizard and Comic Buyer's Guide and Comics Journal back in the 90s, but just seeing it on the internet in this kind of uh, even playing field, like uh, democratization of writing about comics and how people could write about it from anywhere. And that uh, got me in. I got my first job. It was a weird set of circumstances. I got my first job filling in for Rich Johnston when he wrote a column for uh, CBR before he went on to co-found Bleeding Cool. And uh, so I got my start there. And then my first interview was actually with Kurt uh, Busick about a great little Superman miniseries called Superman Secret Identity. I was kind of oh. thrilled with that. That's mm. awesome. But yeah, I kind of got my start there. And for a long time, I didn't even consider myself a news reporter. That really wasn't even my specialty. It was all about interviews and conversations and all that. And then I kind of segued to this, but I found that that gives me a basis to have conversations with people to get this kind of news that isn't delivered in a press release or isn't just posted on a website. Or if it is posted on a website, maybe it's on some one behind like a paywall or uh, available only to retailers that uh, isn't known by, like by everybody, but if given the right context, it would be important for readers to learn about. So yeah, it kind of grew very organically. Yeah. Now, um, Today, I think it's fair to say that you are a you're, that you are a comics journalist, and I think that like, um, what's interesting I think about media journalism in general is that it seems to me, and uh, and this is this is no slight against like that industry, but it seems to me that like a lot of people who get into comics journalism or media journalism, entertainment journalism, um, they don't start with a journalistic background. They don't go to school to become a journalist. They do whatever. Um, 
do you think that it is important to have a kind of like journalistic background, even if it is like you read a lot, like you read Wizard and Comics Buyer's Guide, and no, like you had an influence, like a, a bedrock of like other sources. At the very least, you read the news, <laughs> so it informed you in some way about like how to kind of like even if you don't, even if you weren't like I'm gonna write like so and so or I'm gonna do this. It was kind of like it informed you and then said like I'm gonna like when you started to report on it. Uh, you know, that experience of having read uh, and having experienced it uh, informed your your style and, and your approach to the medium. Um, you think it's important to have like a kind of me- a journalistic background or at least to train oneself in the like the facets of journalism to, to be able to report on it? Or you think it kind of just kind of comes about organically? I did write for a local newspaper before I, I got into this, but I didn't have a degree thing like that. Um, I do think that that kind of skill is useful, but I don't think it's to the point of exclusionary to other things. Like I'm, I'm fully aware that not all people are like are able to go to journalism schools. Um, yeah. Basically, a locale or just the cost, which I really uh, feel for people on that. So I don't think that's the only path to that, but I think it is. Um, the skills they teach there are ones that a person who wants a full-time career in this will need to pick up on their own, uh, either through school or through self-learning or just through um, experience and actually doing this. Like I, like I did comics journalism part-time for 12 years before I got it full-time. I was uh, freelancing, doing comics journalism, uh, doing copy editing and doing uh, graphic design before I decided to take it on full time but uh, so I, I think there are skills but like going back there is a variety in it there is people that can work full-time in comics journalism that don't need to do actual re- reporting but maybe do commentary or reviews um or data uh, analysis there are paths for that but um because the microcosm of comics journalism is so small it's it 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 it, it does better serve people to be well rounded to be able to do several different kinds of writing so training is always good but it doesn't necessarily have to be school it can be just like a life experience although that does kind of take longer and it asks more of, of how you're learning it and all the mistakes that you make so. right now you uh you you propose this idea on twitter a while back and uh that's what kind of like lit a fire under me to finally reach out to you and be like, we should talk about this. And it's yeah. because uh, I was, I found it so interesting and I, 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 my response was a little bit of a downer, which is another reason why I wanted to talk about it. And uh, it was that you were like, why isn't there like anyone out there talking about, like exclusively talking about the comic book industry itself like every every news site out there talks about comics and occasionally will like touch upon the industry but why isn't there like just one dedicated place to just talk about how the industry's working or any kind of like elements thereof that kind of like inform the world around it because as as we have gone through this ridiculous shared experience together as uh you know with respect to the pandemic like the comics industry has gone through i don't know like 12 or 13 massive shifts over the last four months 
and yeah. and it would be interesting to have like one kind of like source to kind of document it and and because it, like the concept itself is is something that I would have absolutely like subscribed to because it, it's a great and it would be a great and handy tool but like that was kind of your idea what was what was the impetus behind that like kind of musing and uh, and 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 kind of like I think because we're talking about a tweet I thought like let's let's contextualize it like. Pitch your concept essentially again, uh, if you don't mind, and and we'll talk about that because like that's basically with everything that's been happening in with everything that's been happening in the past few months, it brought up an old idea that I've been carrying around for a while, and other people have carried before me, like the late Tom Spurgeon of Comics Reporter. Is um, there's so much going on in the industry that it's impossible to cover it all, even even within what's going on in the comic book pages itself. Um, but there is so much going on in the industry as a workplace, as a community, that there um, there is room for it in terms of readership. I, I, I believe for a full-time person or persons to write about it, the um, uh, covering uh, the Me Too movement and the sexual harassment and uh, of fans and of comic creators and comic staffers and, all that to the industry side of things, like the deeper things that are going on with it uh, regarding comics distribution, um, regarding uh, digital distribution, um, like even the way we consume comics in terms of format, like where it is now versus where it could be in a few years. There's many things that could be discussed. Um, the When I posted the question on Twitter, it's something that has been on my mind for years and something... Um, Back in the uh, 90s, there was a magazine just for retailers. It kind of sort of kind of covered this, but also Tom Spurgeon's comicsreporter.com, the late, great Tom Spurgeon, did a version of, of this. So uh, the idea isn't new, but the, um, the want for it is more prevalent now than ever because there's so much going on that... Uh, comics news outlets aren't able to cover in a given day due to uh, skills training, like you said, to basically report on it accurately, um, to even budgets in terms of being able to pay someone what they're worth to cover this kind of thing. Exactly. But it all comes down to what you say is clicks. Um, we're really fortunate, we're really privileged that most all comics journalism uh, which which includes your your uh, YouTube show, which includes a newsarama, is free for people to read. Right. But there is the the side effect to that is it's based on advertising, and so it's uh, it gets bigger or smaller based on the advertising. Um, I love comics journalism, but it is a sad reality that some of my favorite comics journalism sites are no longer around. And that could be business reasons or it could be other personal re uh, reasons. Um, people do great writing about comics as a, on a volunteer basis or do it underpaid or, or no paid. But um, as someone that works full time in the industry, that's not, not something that I want to ask people to write about things for free, especially when I'm being paid for it. Um, right. Could I write about things more? Uh, I could full-time write about comics news and not and never be about i don't know who batman punched the, uh, this week um, right <laughs> that, uh, unfortunately there's not uh, readership 
that'll uh, that I've found that'll support it financially to make it something where it's uh, sustainable. Um, I would love to be proven wrong. I would love to be proven wrong. Um, you, uh, you see success with things like uh, David Harper's sketch and uh, Hassan's panel, X panel that's gone to a subscription model. Yes. To do uh, comics commentary and comics an, an, uh, analysis. And that could be a way forward for someone that wanted to try that. But um, it's just an idea that I've been looking at and looking at and trying to figure out a way to accomplish it. And um, I don't know, it's, it, it would be beneficial to the industry, but it's um, several people have discussed it. And I've, I've discussed it with several people. I've had meetings with several people and it's um, just the support there to make it something where uh, people could do this uh, sustainably so far, like hasn't been discovered to be there. Like, um, but yeah, but like I said, like, like I would love to be proven wrong. Yeah, because what you're talking about is something I think we need. Like, I think we need at least one. I like the, I, I like diversity of news. I think that, um, you know, if it's one source, obviously it has the potential to be influenced by the single source that it comes from. But um, I, I, like, I like the idea of a diversity of news outlets. And I think that it's incredibly necessary to have a kind of like, um, a, a, a kind of industry analysis source like the, where that's their dedication that's what they do and you hit the nail right on the head it's it's a it is all about economics isn't it because it's not just about being able to pay people to do the work because but it i mean that's that's one of the most important things but it's not just that um though i will say with that regard you know you need to be able to pay people to do that kind of work because you're holding them up to a higher standard. You're like, you need to be able to report on this accurately, quickly, consistently. You got to be able to ask hard questions. You got to be able to talk about hard issues. You got to know what you're talking about. That that all has value. Um, but you also need to be able to sustainably earn off of that. You need to be able to find a revenue source to be able to pay them. Um, and it's all it all comes down to the economics of it. And you need to be able to get either advertisers or subscriptions in either way. Um, it comes down to being able to get paid in some fashion. Um, which kind of kills me because like that for me that's 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 like the 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 problem with the news overall. It's about trying to earn off of the news like the news is one of the most basic and fundamentally important aspects of our culture and yet it's also a business and i feel like just because business is good and business makes money and business is what like drives uh, you know the american economy doesn't mean that it is good for news or for reporting um and just because the populace doesn't necessarily want to click on your news doesn't mean that your news doesn't have value and doesn't mean that the news shouldn't be out there um you know it's it's up to the newsman so to speak or the news person to say or or, or to convince the reader you should read <laughs> what i'm talking about um and leave the economics to the you know to the to the pencil pushers um I, I, I'm so glad you mentioned Panel X Panel because, yeah, they are a subscription model and they are able to make something. I remember somebody talking about it like a while ago and they were like, you know, if you liked Wizard, <clears throat> this is like a better Wizard because it's like 
it, it's actually substantial. It's not just about the economics or about like the flash or about the, the, the you know, the superficiality. It's a, it, it actually gets into, um, you know, the, the art and the, and the, the importance. And yet it's, it's sustained through subscriptions. Um, I think that's the way. I, I think that's the only way right now. You know, unless we completely upend the on the upend the system and say like, oh no, like <laughs> there's just there's just allocated grant money for legitimate news sources, um, which I don't think is possible. Um, yeah the the ideas of capitalism and business are sometimes at odds with journalism and presenting news. And yes. uh, you'll see a comic sites. Um, like news of and comics journalism uh, basically try to diversify and do cover a little bit of everything. Right. And I, I, like, I think that's better than the idea of not covering it at all. Yeah. And we have some really good reporters that do a write about it and kind of go through, go, go, go through this reporting, but there always could be more. There's uh, like, like you said, there's bright spots of specialization like with panel x panel with 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 sketch with uh yeah. women who write about comics um yes. like in, like in even uh um basically books uh books like that and there is a place for it but there's not um i don't know well it's I don't, not I, like I, don't, a, I don't really i think i think because the 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 way we get our news and the way that news is presented now, like what you, what you described are all excellent sources. It's just that it, they come out too infrequently and too slowly. Like we need a news site where it's like every morning, here is the news. Every time something happens, it, it is reported on and out. Like if – you know, a book gets canceled, we find out about it. If a comic shop closes, we find out about it. If it, if, um, you know, a publisher's changes distribution houses, we'll find out about it within the day, but we should be able to know, you know, any seismic shift in the industry as it's happening, because we get that equivalent across. Like if, if any celebrity has a thing, it's it's out there and it's reported on. Like it's not just you know somebody has a meltdown on Twitter. It is a journalist has reported on it and written it and and used their skills to present it to the public, and we don't have that. Like not to the to the extent that I think you're you're, you're suggesting, and to the extent that I want it because I completely agree with you. The other issue I yeah. think is. Oh, good. If you're gonna say anything, but yeah, um, I completely agree with that, and but. Like I can see it, it's, I am certainly biased towards everything, but in terms of that reporting, I, I can see the cost and time involved that it takes for that kind of reporting. And right. um, it's, it's it, like, it, like, it, like it basically said, finding uh, like a way to support it. If, if it's not click-based, if it's uh, subscriber-based, or I have looked, uh, uh, looked into the grant model. I've looked at the underwriting and I would love for someone to prove me wrong to maybe figure out a way to do this or at least continue pushing the bar to increase how it's reported. Like even if it's gone down, like, like even if it's into specializing in one specific area and just really pushing towards that area in a sustainable way, then um, that's something I would fully support. Like I, from judging the Eisners and looking back at like the, the Eisner categories for uh, best comics journalism, it's kind of, it's thrilling and um, disappointing that some of the greatest 
like uh, sites and outlets that are uh, covered each, each year are ones that are uh, volunteer based where they're doing it for the love of comics. And, and that's a, a powerful thing, but it's, it's, it's unfortunate that the winners of those awards in some cases aren't even being, being paid for their work. And um, yeah. so it's just about trying to find a way to do that where it's re uh, respectful to the industry, respectful to the people they're reporting on respectful to the readers, but also respectful to the writer that's being asked to go through with this, especially when it's about some pretty, pretty serious uh, subject matter, such as the uh, sexual harassment and uh, sexual misconduct and even like criminal cases that yeah. uh, I'm reporting on. Yeah. It, it's there. I think that there is a place for it. And I think that th the funny thing is, you know, there are higher profile comic news sites that uh like you said try to touch upon everything and the thing about it is you know like news realm is a good site that actually does give you like a good smattering of of everything um but i wouldn't want to change it like i think that news realm newsarama and sites like it uh provide their their style like this is what they do you know and it's like we're talking about a totally different animal so you know there's room for it all and like there, there's 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 room for bleeding cool there's room for all of it and this would just be another thing and that other thing like you yeah. said it it the problem is it needs to also stand head and shoulders economically with with all the other news sites because otherwise even if it does the work and it gets the, gets it done, let's say like grant money or, or subscription based model or like a like a kind of Indiegogo or, or Patreon kind of system, um, if nobody's reading it, it's still it's 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 going to fall by the wayside just from fatigue and and lack of interest and and uh, you know and like you said, people need to get paid because otherwise another issue with not getting paid is like. It's burnout is much, is much quicker, I think. If you're doing it voluntarily and you feel like you're not getting recognition for it or you're not getting making an impact or you're not like, you know, reaching anybody, it's, it's just going to settle in that much faster and you're going to lose some good people who would otherwise be like titans in the in, in that aspect of the of the industry. And I think um, you can there's a really a good uh, analogy back to comic books where you see maybe some of your favorite comic creators that for some reason don't do comics anymore or don't right. do it at the level that they're used to. And uh, it, it could be their passion for comics has gone down, or it could be that they, for their own personal reasons, for their family, for themselves, they decide to go into another area that maybe is more sustainable, is more secure, maybe pays more. Like he's, like I'm a big fan of comics art and some of my favorite comics artists no longer work in comics, but work in animation yeah. things like that. Because in, in some cases that's like a staff position that's uni unionized, there's more regular work, but going back to comic sales, like you'll have like, um, like for most, for most like work for higher books, like Marvel and DC and any company on stuff. If, if a book is canceled, it's the, the reason it's, more off, often than not that it's sales weren't there to support it. And that's a really uh, brass tacks kind of unfortunate way to look at it. But um, there's very few titles that are canceled just because the, the writer and artist are done, have told their story and decided not to continue. Cause like, like uh, you'll see that in 
if the money's flowing in and it's profitable, the, the companies will bring in people to take up and do the next run and do the next run and do the next run. Yeah. So that can go back to comics where you'll see some of your favorite comic series that uh, either come out uh, intermittently or basically are canceled. It's just, in some cases, it's down to where it's not sustainable for the writer or artist to do that and, and make a living. So. Right. Well, and it's all connected. You see, like the, what's, fr- what's frustrating is like, if there were a more consistent source for the inside baseball of comics or for just the, the reporting on the nitty gritty and for the industry, it educates the populace and it allows them to be able to support some of those books that are dying. Um, you know, I was just thinking recently about how important it might be to try and really, really disseminate the information about how um, pre-ordering works because it's like the burden of responsibility of a book's success is on the reader, but not to the extent that like any other product on the shelf is up to the purchaser. You know, if you want anything, you just go buy it. But with comics, if you want that thing to keep being on the shelf, you have to go through a number of items. Like you can't just be like, I buy it every month. I don't understand why it doesn't sell. You have to also tell your comic retailer to pre-order the book. You have to like project whether, like you have to know whether you want to buy a thing off of a shelf three months in advance. And it's, it, it's that whole aspect is largely, and I, when I say that, I don't mean like you viewer who are commenting right now that you know how it works. I'm talking about everyone else out there who just buy the comic and don't think about it. It's that education is, is paramount to how uh, your book will continue to be on the shelf. And if there were a source that could consistently and directly educate the audience, the audience would be able to be more of an advocate for their medium. Um, so it's it, like I think that they're it's, it's all interconnected and it all like kind of feeds into itself. Like this kind of idea helps uh, you know helps all of it, and 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 you know you can translate it into not just being like oh we have a chance to win an Eisner or talk about you know. Uh, these elements of the industry that I care about. No, no, no. It's also how we can save your books and how we can um, keep other stories afloat and, you know, rise up independent creators, independent publishers. Uh, The sky's the limit. My question to you is, when it comes to this idea, in an ideal world, what does this look like? Hmm. Uh, like, let's a- say, like, let's say there's a crazy old, like, you know, billionaire who's like, I love this idea. Make it happen. <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. Um, it'll be about getting a good name, getting uh, a good a, a base staff of at least three full-time writers uh, mm-hmm. behind them for fact-checking. Uh, fact um, you can probably slim it down, but at that level, you couldn't do anything close to daily content or the deep reporting that it takes to do a story. Like, for instance, a story um, – I did on the Eisner voting being post, uh, basically put on hold that yeah. that's maybe a 400 word article, but that took about, I don't know, four or five hours to basically like o- over the course of a week of talking to about 10 different people to put together. 
for a bigger piece, awesome. take a, a longer. But getting back to the point, it would also take basically someone to set up a someone to design the website and maintain the website and do the social media. It would take someone to like a uh, have a legal uh, person on staff to run stories by to figure out how to do it in a way that is um, not would eliminate the threat of a lawsuit or anything like that, but just ways to mitigate it and just to make to to, to uh, present it in a way that would be a defensible because. Uh, We've, 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 like, like, if you've been following the news, you've seen comics journalists and uh, comics creators being basically prone to receiving lawsuits about things that they said that maybe isn't phrased the right way or maybe uh, passes along incorrect information as fact, and that could mm-hmm. lead you to be legally culpable. Um, I really don't want to put a, a dollar figure on it, but. Um, yeah, it would take probably just a team of three writers and an editor just just to uh, begin with, and they would all have to be a relatively trained. Um, I could give you a list off the air, like if you wanted, <laughs> of people that I would I recommend to do it. Oh, totally. Even if it's not me doing it, like I'm I'm fine here at uh, Newsarama, but I'm ready. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, there's people out there that are trained in doing it, but it's all about uh, finding a way to make it uh, worth their while to do on a continuing uh, basis and uh, to make it sustainable. Yeah. How would you present it? Like, what would your, what, like, when it comes to presenting this information um, and make it, because I think that, you know, the economics of it, forces news to have to be sexy and it has to be like in a in an appealing way it's got to be like sensationalized um i think that there is more to it than that i think that the the sexiness of news is also not just to get clicks and to get money it's also just to get out there because with a staff of three and with you know but with an infrastructure that's relatively small, you know, obviously the concept would be to grow it, to make it bigger and to get like more expansive and to talk about more, uh, a more variety of things. Um, but in that process, you have to make it presentably appealing. Like, a, would you want, like, is it just the way we've been getting it? You know, like columns, articles, or, would you want to get integrate video into that as well? Do you think that comics journalism could use video? Because I've noticed that there isn't much in terms of comics journalism and video. I've noticed that like it's more about the like you said the commentary or uh, you know or, or or you know when it comes to the big two, uh, it's PR. You know, it's self produced uh, kind of like presentations that are basically just press releases. I think that like the the core of it would be text because in in many ways it all starts there. Like if you're reporting a story on YouTube, you have some text to go by. But I think true thinking a bigger picture about putting the news in places that people will go, and that may not be reading a five hundred, a thousand like a yesterday news around published a four thousand word article, and it was important. But like many times, I'll be like, most people aren't going to read down to the bottom, right? But, uh, <laughs> Like, but basically putting it where people can see it, uh, that would be video, because like, there's more comic stores than ever that have the TV screens. Uh, you yeah. can deal kind of like comic shop news, but for video, where you provide them content, um, you, uh, maybe like a weekly podcast on, on a Friday or on a Monday, just catching people up on the uh, 
these are like the things that you should know about because like there's people that read comics full-time and comics are a full-time passion but there's a humongous unserved um 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 audience of people that just want to drop in and learn a couple things about comics but not have to be devoted full-time so like, yeah uh top five kind of news stories about comics and podcasts video format um there's even the possible of, of doing old school print stuff for like special uh conventions like newsarama used to do a newsletter every day of san diego comic-con that was only available at san diego comic-con huh. and like for instance like you go there on a saturday the saturday morning uh e uh edition would have what happened in the major panels the night before that you may have missed um there could be things like that or, or just guides to the city from a comic person's perspective there's there's at the end of the day it's about putting the news where people will consume it um text is the default and the easiest but that it doesn't mean that it should be the only uh, basically way to get news out to people especially in the day and age i love that podcast idea that's that that's something that's so doable that's like almost passive in its execution especially via the, the infrastructure of the news itself but that's something that you could that's something they could do right now where it's mm -hmm. like they just aggregate every news site and go here's the here's the things that are the most important that happened this week i love that idea god i, I that that's such a good idea i have to imagine it exists <laughs> yeah someone should tell us in the comments or in social media that we are behind the times that it's already happening they're going to give us a link and, and uh, we're going to talk about it like i would right. like someone to prove us wrong right, right now yeah please because then i like then we will have the thing that we want like and i think because that's the thing is that what we what we're, what we're hungry for is just a clean direct unbiased and uninfluenced presentation of what's going on and, you know, and, and the other thing about it, and you don't have to comment on this. It's more just like my own personal opinion. I, I, I feel like unbiased news keeps the bigwigs honest. And I think that knowing that you're being checked and knowing that a trusted, you know, established news outlet is going to hold your feet to the flames as a company, as a publisher, as an editor, it keeps you more honest and it, it keeps you on the beaten path. You know, just that fear. Um, you know, I, I've noticed that there are some in the comic book industry who have taken to silence over even the most basic of PR, um, you know, copy. And, uh, and, and I'm like... That is that should not be the new normal. The new normal should not be stonewalling your audience with information that is happening that is directly influencing the product you're putting out. Um, yeah, that's something that we reported on early on when uh, Diamond uh, halted distribution at the end of. Yeah. There was probably a period of about four weeks where Marvel didn't put out anything except for messages privately to retailers to tell readers what's going on. So we would basically get those retailer only behind closed doors kind of missives that were sent out and kind of uh, post those and kind of explain to people what it's mean because basically the uh, sometimes not communicating is communication and that may not yeah. be the best thing, especially when people have questions 
and there's a lot of uncertainty, just to have clarity. Like even if you say, I don't know what's going on, but we're working on it, that can like offer some sort of clarity and a little bit of peace of mind for for the people that work in the industry, but also people that are fans and are interested in it. Um, because comics is, for many of us, it's a uh, it's a habitual thing. So if we go without it for several months, it may be hard to get back on the horse again. Yeah. Um, it, I also noticed that um, it's it's important not just for the comic fan or for the comic consumer, for the comic creators. You know, you saw there were creators who were like, I don't know what the hell's going on, and it's like you work for the company, man. How could you not know? And it's like because they're just they're they're not part of the need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I the the Dio situation when Danny Dio was let go. There is no official f- statement at all. We don't. There is no formal statement from the company that let him go that he was let go at all. Mm. It's just it's just outrageous to me. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess at the end of the day, for me, it's just we'd like some kind of consistent and in an integral news source, um, or better yet, how about four? <laughs> You know what yeah. I, mean? I mean? I think at the end of the day, it's about you know just just disseminating information in the most honest and direct and straightforward manner that we can get it. Um, what are some sources for of news that you like to like to patronize? Um, uh, for news, um, everything I read, I understand. There's like you were mentioning before about the uh, unbiased news. Like I used to be of that mindset, but I, I think everything has bias. It's just inherent. And it's just about understanding that and uh, kind of factoring that in for a news site. um, This is getting off your point, but just having someone in charge that understands people's biases and kind of uses those and kind of um, factors that into the conversation. Like when I have someone writing about uh, Green Lantern, I kind of want them to be biased to liking Green Lantern, you know, I have someone writing about retail. I want someone to be biased towards understanding retail, Uh, but getting back to the, uh, uh, to the issue, like um, uh, besides Newsarama, uh, CBR has, has had some good uh, re- uh, reporting as of late. Um, Brett uh, at uh, Graphics Policy, when they do reporting, has done some solid reporting. Um, Heidi's uh, Comics Beat has been a site that I've been going to since I was a reader and following Heidi since the 90s through various um, outlets. Um, uh, women who uh, write about comics has been a great place for commentary and just perspectives that I'm un- unfamiliar with. Um, panel X panel. I love, I love that. Um, I, I got to see that from its kind of birth and talking to Hassan before he launched that. And I was kind of familiar with what he, uh, like other paths he almost took before he did that. I'm so glad it's worked out for him. Uh, David Harper at sketch the podcast and, and his written pieces are great. Um, I, I, I do still read the comics journal. there is a place for that um and also going back into a longer form academic journals and um, academic books uh can really give you some just a different perspective although it's not written written for the casual reader i'm finding like a lot of information and just news that um kind of misses the front pages of the news uh, websites that are basically found in those types of journals Hmm. And what's great is, you know, if you're if you're a casual news uh, reader, you're like, uh, you you know, you graduate, you know, you, sometimes like you you find, you know, you're like, OK, that that kind of scratched the surface. And then you go further and you go deeper and then you can get into the academics um, mm-hmm. as you as you advance, you know, 
Um, the uh, I'm, I'm glad you shared those because I think that if anyone is like watching this, it's like, hey, you know, I, I don't want to just imagine a source. Where can I go right now to read, you know, to read anything about what's going on? Or maybe some people are like, you know, that's actually kind of interesting because I've never thought about it. Um, I never thought about it when I was a kid. Uh, you know, we used to get the comic shop news, you know, that the, which I think they still make. Yes, Cliff still does that every like every, like every week out of uh, Atlanta. So yeah, uh, my my comic book retailer was very imp- he felt that was very important, and I never got a bag without the comic shop news in it. And as I got older, you know, I remember I started to fall away from comics, and so I picked up like magazines about comics because that was a little more of like an aggregator. I could be like, now I know what's going on, and I, if there's anything that's more interesting or that appeals to me, I can know to go pick that up as opposed to just blindly grabbing books. Um, but uh, but like very quickly into my comics reading career as a kid, like I got plugged into even passively understanding it, like the the you know the meta reading of of, of comics, and um, you know I think that it's important to at least you know even if you only care about what Batman's doing or who he's punching, I think that it's important to at least know a little bit about the industry that you you support because it's it's there is a value there um and knowing a little bit about how the industry functions or knowing a little bit about where the people who make the thing you're making that you're reading are coming from allows you to kind of like refine your palate a little bit and you know you'll see highlights on creators and uh and and, and independent publishers and new initiatives and you get to see like all this stuff that you wouldn't normally even like you, you know when you go to a comic book store especially if you're like only interested in one particular thing you got blinders on you don't normally look at all the other stuff and i would never have been aware of like some of the greatest comics works of all time if i wasn't in some way plugged into it or had a trusted news source say to me this is really cool you should check it out <laughs> um chris where can everybody find your work and, uh, you know, and if you got anything else to plug, please do so. I report pretty much every day of the week, even on weekends sometimes, at newsarama.com. I'm on Twitter under my name, Chris Arendt. Those are pretty much my two places. I'm working on some uh, nonfiction books and doing some freelance on the side, but nothing to announce right now. But uh, for people that have questions about comics or just want uh, recommendations or just want to tell me I'm wrong, like I'm, I'm full <laughs> prepared for that uh feel feel free to reach out to me on twitter um and or here in the youtube uh comments thread and i'll, I'll be glad to talk talk with everybody great chris thanks so much for sitting down and talking with me uh this was originally going to be just a twitter conversation and i was like i think we could actually talk about this on the show and we can get some of these ideas out a little faster <laughs> yeah. but uh thanks so much for sitting with me we really appreciate it and of course uh check out more of chris in the places that he mentioned. All the links will be in the description below this video. And we'll see you guys next week with an all new episode. Thanks a lot for watching.